Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Healing from abuse and trauma is a courageous journey that requires strength, resilience, and support. It is a process of reclaiming one's power, finding inner peace, and creating a life filled with joy and fulfillment. Overcoming abuse and trauma is not an easy task, but it is possible. It starts with acknowledging the pain and seeking help from professionals who specialize in trauma recovery. These experts provide guidance, tools, and techniques to help individuals navigate through the healing process. Healing involves addressing the deep wounds caused by abuse or trauma. It requires facing the pain head on, processing emotions, and developing healthy coping mechanisms. As survivors embark on their healing journey, they begin to rebuild their lives with newfound strength and resilience. They learn to set boundaries, establish healthy relationships, and cultivate self-love. Each step forward brings them closer to reclaiming their identity and living a life free from the shackles of their past. It's important to remember that healing is not linear. It has its ups and downs. But with determination and perseverance, individuals can overcome the effects of abuse or trauma. They can emerge stronger than ever before empowered to create a future filled with positivity, love, and personal growth. If you are on this journey of healing from abuse or trauma, know that you are not alone. I myself am on this journey as well. There are resources available to support us every step of the way. It is important for us to learn to reach out for help when needed because our well-being matters. Remember, we have the power within us to heal we deserve happiness. Our past does not define our future, and there is hope beyond the pain. We must keep moving forward on our path towards healing because brighter days await all of us. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. And before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can now submit those to any of us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We'd love to hear from you. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you're able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is registered nurse and founder of Overcomers and Him Life Coaching, Connie Diffenderfer. Connie has a heart for women. Her goal is to help them heal and thrive through transformation, bringing them full circle from survivors to overcomers. She has her bachelor's of science in nursing with a minor focus in psychology. She is a board certified nurse coach and is also certified in trauma and mental health. 
She is a narcissistic abuse specialist and brain spotting practitioner. She has worked as an RN administrator with the Home Health Agency for three years, and prior to that was an OR nurse. She has been a mom for 29 years, homeschooling for 24, and has spent the last 21 of those years taking care of two amazing young ladies whom she adopted and who have multiple severe disabilities. She has spent approximately 30 years in women's and children's ministry and has personally overcome multiple forms of abuse and childhood trauma, including physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. Now she devotes all of her personal experience and professional training to helping as many women as she can find victory, freedom, peace, and wellness. Connie, welcome. Thanks so much for coming on to talk with me today. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. I'm so glad to be here. And I mean, I just, your, your intro was just incredible, very thorough. So I can tell that you've done your homework and that you've really paid attention to what I do. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for all. And, and I will tell my listeners, I do Connie and I know each other personally. Uh, we actually went to, uh, we did some classes together several years ago. Now it's, it's time flies, doesn't it? Uh, but it was, uh, you know, such a pleasure getting to know you in class. That was uh, quite the journey <laughs> as we worked towards nursing school all those years ago. Um, but I've always really admired you and your strength. And when I saw you come out with your practice several years ago, um, you know, I, I just thought, wow, you know, she's she's taking on a lot. But look at her. Look at everything that you have done. And you have a really incredible backstory. So I want you to kind of share that with uh, our listeners uh, to kind of bring us to where we are today with your practice. Yeah, of course. Um, and as far as, you know, just kind of a trigger warning as far as the things that I talk about, because, you know, everything that's led me to where I am did involve a lot of personal trauma myself. And so, you know, just kind of that, you know, putting that out there is just sensitivity and, you know, trigger warning for others for what they've gone through. But, you know, with me, I, I my mom had, she had a multiple mental disabilities. So she was paranoid schizophrenic. She had bipolar. She had a lot of things going on in her life. And so, I mean, my, just from the get-go, I had a lot of uh, obstacles and a lot of things that I was having to deal with. She wasn't married to my biological father. And so I grew up in and out of foster homes, living with family members, went through a lot of abuse during that time, physical, sexual, emotional abuse. And um, so I had a lot of challenges just my entire life. And um, I'd learned, I found about the Lord early. I was about four years old that my mom taught me to pray. And so that's really where my resilience, as you mentioned, started was just clinging to him, knowing him, praying. I've known him, like I said, since I was four years old. I've been praying every day since then. And I know that that is key in what's helped me to get through all the things that I got through, that I went through in my life. And so that was as far as my childhood, those type of things. And then early on, when I was 18 years old, I got married. And so very young, I was married and I knew nothing about narcissism at the time. And come to find out it was a narcissist that I got married to. And so I spent the next 25 years struggling with that and battling that and those type of things. But during that time, I was applying all these different things that I was learning, this resiliency, this faith, and 
just personal strength. And when I was in my 40s, he and I got divorced. And so I found myself to be a single mom in my 40s. And I had had two biological children, but then I had adopted two children with multiple severe disabilities. And so all four were at home at the time. And I was still homeschooling my two youngest with the multiple severe disabilities. And so I was trying to think of a way that I could be able to take care of my family. And so what I decided to do was go to nursing school. And so I went to nursing school during that time and um, the Lord just showed up so much and that I was able to get through nursing school. I was able to graduate in the top of my class. I was able to continue homeschooling. I fought my ex through court. I think it was five times that we went to court during that time. And just continued to use all of those things that I had learned as a child and in my faith. And when I graduated from nursing school, like you said, I worked in the OR. So I did that for a while in Tennessee. And then I moved to Florida and I became an administrator for a home health agency. And I was the administrator worked that that was my primary job for a while. And then um, when COVID hit, and of course, there was all these changes that was going on in the world. And, you know, so many nurses were questioning things and re reevaluating, you know, what their future looked like as a nurse. And I was right along, you know, I I was in that group as well. You know, I became, um, you know, a member for the Nurse Freedom Network. And so, you know, I did some things with that and that opened my eyes a lot. But with my job, I basically told my boss, which was the owner of the company at the time, the home health agency, that if, you know, if vaccine was required, I was going to walk because it was just not something that I personally felt comfortable with. And at first he was uncomfortable with that, but then eventually just told me that he was going to keep me. And so that wasn't an issue for me, like it was for a lot of other nurses, because I didn't lose my job. But it opened my eyes and it helped me to see that I may not be able to always depend on that. And so the Lord was showing me other things during that time that I could do. And this is where it pulled all of my childhood trauma, everything being married to a narcissist, and my love for psychology, which is what I majored in the first time I went to college. And it just pulled all of this together. And that's what led me to Overcomers in Him, because I wanted to help women. It started as a ministry. And so I just wanted to help women that were gone through trauma, gone through sexual abuse, gone through narcissistic abuse. I wanted to help women increase their faith, get their health back, and to just be able to experience this peace and this freedom that I had. And that ministry eventually gave me the courage and the strength and the vision to be able to start my own practice. So all of these pieces and parts came together, like Romans 8, 28, you know, the Lord works all things together for good to those who love the Lord. And he brought all this together and led me to a practice where I work as a nurse. I help women heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, using lots of different modalities. And it, it's my primary job now. I still work PRN at the home health agency, but my primary career is overcomers in him. Um, That's amazing, Connie. I, like I said, I've been watching you along this journey. As you mentioned, you had uh, joined, uh, joined us in our fight with Nurse Freedom Network early on. Uh, so grateful to have had your voice, your strong voice in that fight. 
Um, and then to, to watch you build up this practice and see how successful you have been um, and how much, what a difference you're making in, in these women's lives. I, I, if you go to your website, and we're going to link up to your website and everything in our show notes, but if you go to your website, um, you can read testimonial after testimonial of ways that you have touched these women's lives, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, and you know that I am also a victim. I've had uh, some trauma pretty pretty recently within the last year but prior to that you know i had been as as well as you have been married to a narcissist my first husband my first marriage so that was uh, an interesting journey um so that's something that i'm definitely um encouraged to see somebody out there being a, a support to women because i think that there is are so many that are struggling in these types of relationships and don't understand that there's a way out for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, you know, it breaks my heart that you went through that, that others have gone through that. And, you know, part of it is what we go through being in a narcissistic relationship, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a sibling, a parent, it can be even be our child, but so much of the additional trauma, is that people around us usually don't understand because if you've not gone through it you don't get it and the word narcissist is is used a lot it's overused and so it really devalues the suffering that those that have gone through it really have had to endure that's absolutely true and um so you know for those who may not understand if you want to touch a little bit on some of the the red flags and i was married to a textbook sociopath narcissist mm-hmm. textbook um but what are, you know just what are some of the red flags of you know women may not recognize that they're in this type of situation my first husband he was very charming he was very attractive um everybody loved him and everybody just thought he was the most amazing thing and they oh i can't believe how much he loves you he's so good to you this that and the other thing but they and they never believed me when I would tell them about like the control issues and and the abuse I was suffering, it's like, and I was just gaslit constantly by him. And people, I mean, my own family thought I was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And so, I mean, you know, you hit on a couple of the things there. You know, one of the things really is the gaslighting and a lot of people don't understand what that is. And so in a relationship with a narcissist, when it starts, there tends to be all this love bombing. There's maybe lots of gifts and there's lots of compliments and they want time with you all the time. And especially if you've suffered from trauma or have some codependency going on, which is the target, what narcissists tend to look for because they know that they can get control because they're with somebody that wants to please them. And so they use this love bombing to draw us in and then it shifts in the relationship and then there becomes lying and gaslighting and just this consuming to where everything revolves around them and dishonesty a lot of times addiction comes in they tear us down to where we lose our sense of self and we find ourselves confused and feeling crazy and then but the problem is like you said with family and friends they're a completely different person they're still to those people who they were to us when they were love bombing us and so those people don't see it and everyone what i what my main audience is women 
but I also work with men. And this happens within, you know, with men and women. A woman can be a narcissist just as easily as a man, but statistics tend to show that there are more men than there are as far as women that are narcissists. But it's just as dangerous when it's the other way. And so when we try to get other people to see it, they don't usually see it because they're still in that deception that we were in when the relationship first started. And that adds this other level of trauma to where we feel alone and we start to doubt ourselves and we live in this just confusion of losing ourselves and we don't feel like we have the support. And this cycle just continues to go on and on until we do have that awareness, until we can acknowledge what's really happening. And that's part of what I want to do is to educate people so that they can see these signs, but also so that they can find themselves again, the value that God has placed in them and give them the strength and the hope to be able to make these changes so that they can break free and that they can heal and that they can overcome. And that, like I said, that is so important because many times we don't have the support of our friends and family, as I mentioned, it's because they're not seeing it for whatever reason. So having somebody like you who has experienced this and who is able to walk, you know, these women through that is an invaluable resource for them. Um, because like I said, many times you don't recognize it until it's your several years in. I can remember when I first met my my first husband and I thought, wow, he's just, he's amazing. Like, I, I can't believe I've waited all my life to meet somebody just like this. And he's, you know, he was really too good to be true from the very beginning. And that's like red flag number one, you know, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but he was just perfect in every way. You know, he was everything I'd ever wanted and he was um, very attentive and, and all of that. And, and then, yeah, it was the gifts and, and all of that, which I never, you know, I, I never could get into. He liked to spend money all the time. I think that's maybe um, a trait uh, that they just like to spend money and, and show you what they can do for you, what they can give you. Um, but it, uh, gosh, I hate even, I literally hate even uh, talking about that time of my life. <laughs> it it kind of triggers me a little bit. So I'm like, oh gosh. Um, but what are some of the techniques that you use with these women to get them is the ultimate goal when you're working with them to get them to break free from that situation? It is. And some women are not at that place yet. Some women don't see that it's going to continue to deteriorate them. And so during that time, I come alongside them and I'm just nurturing them and I'm just loving them and I'm just educating them. And I have seen repeatedly how as they get their confidence back and as they get educated and as they cling to the Lord more and to his word, they're able to realize that they can break free and they're able to realize that they don't they're not biblically bound to have to stay in a relationship with someone that's abusive. And so a lot of, you know, what I do is education, but I pray with my clients. I pray for them daily. We use lots of scripture because we know that there's power in scripture. Um, I do biblical breath work. And so some people are uncomfortable with that, but it's just really breathing exercises that just teach us to relax and it calms our nervous system down. I do biblical mindfulness and meditation programs that use scripture in there as well. I do use positive psychology. So a trauma-informed positive psychology that gives just hope and belief provides and i use corrective experiencing because when they're in a when people are in a container with me i help them to see the things 
that have been spoken over there, the things that are lies, and help them to find a good, healthy relationship with good boundaries. And in doing that, they naturally start to heal and start to see things in a different way to correct these maladaptive schemas and mindsets that they have. And so I use that. I use cognitive behavioral therapy to help rewire these neural pathways. And because we develop these defaults based on the situation that we're in, and we have to rewire those when they have become maladaptive. And so I use lots of worksheets. Um, I have a self-paced online program that my clients have for life. And so that they can continue to use that even when they're not in the one-on-one coaching container with me. I help with holistic nursing. So I'm, you know, I'm a nurse of the mind, body, and spirit. And so I'm going to educate on essential oils and exercise and herbs and nutrition and just, you know, education on these type of things, too, because they all are part of helping us to heal and helping us to to take care of ourselves and to get that. And I use internal family systems, somatic experiencing, which is just recognizing where that is in the body, because trauma is stored in our body and we can think our way through something, but that's not going to heal us. And that's where a lot of times where people struggle with counseling because they just continue to talk about it, which is kind of re-traumatizing to the mind. You even mentioned it earlier, just talking about this, you know, is triggering. And so the counseling can do the same thing. And so what I do with my coaching is I get to, I, I combine all of that together. So I'm, I'm trauma informed. So I'm going to go back to root cause resolution. Let's figure out where this came from, what caused all of this, what these deep inner wounds are. Then we're going to look at how it's affecting us today, what mindsets we need to change. We're going to work on those. And then we're going to create a plan for the future and work towards that plan. So that way we get this entire spectrum of everything that your nervous system needs. And we're working in the body and we're working in the mind so that your body can do what it was created to do. And you get this emotional regulation that you've not had before. So that's that's kind of the majority of it. Lots of other things and exercises that I do in there, but that pretty much is the majority of it. And I think that's so important. When I mentioned earlier about, you know, do you, um, see these women with the goal of helping them to break free from the situation and and as you mentioned you are not biblically bound to be with somebody who is abusive towards us and i think a lot of women you know they want to especially when they um are are women of faith want to remain in their marriage and that's how i was you know i was i took my vows very seriously and i wanted to make my marriage work but i think what's really important for people to understand about narcissism and you know a sociopath is that there is not a cure for that like there's not any that that doesn't ever end um if if i'm wrong please (laughs) please um tell me but uh to the best of my knowledge there is uh there's really nothing that can be done about that type of situation is that correct Correct. Yes. There is no evidence that a narcissist can change because it's a personality disorder. It's not a mental illness. And so it's who they are in their entire being. And so they don't see that they need to change. And so they're not going to change. And the only thing that we can do is establish boundaries, but to also have consequences for boundaries, because if we just have boundaries without any consequences, that's not going to get us anywhere with a narcissist because they don't care about our boundaries. It's the consequences and the eventual, I will no longer allow you to treat me this way. 
Right. And you talked about love bombing, but the truth and the fact of the matter is, is that narcissists do not have the capacity for love. Right. Only themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just, they don't have that capacity to feel those emotions on any kind of deep level. And I, I remember, you know, when dealing with my, um, my husband at the time, he was a, um, pathological liar. I mean, he would lie about everything like, and things that he didn't need to lie about. I mean, like he would just lie about what he had for lunch. It was absolutely absurd. And, you know, I would kind of call him out on it. I'm like, why, why do you do this? And he was like, I don't know. He just thinks that I don't know why I do it. He's like, I just, I do. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not, there's no way to live in this situation. And you know, always being distrustful of the person you're supposed to be uh, sharing your life with is not, it's, there's no way to um, create a healthy environment to be in. So yeah, my best advice to women in that type of situation with a narcissist is to uh, get out of it immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it really does because over time, it's going to deteriorate you, whether it's mentally physically, you know, it's it, emotionally, it's going to deteriorate you. I see it over and over again with chronic illnesses, with chronic pain, sleep deprivation, confusion, brain fog. These things set in because we are not created to live in that type of environment. And so, and especially a narcissist tends to go search out, their target is people that are empaths. And so people that feel and that want to help that want to make things better that want to fix the situation and so when we're in that and we're feeling everything that they're doing to the deepest part of our being and it's continuing to tear us down to deplete us to exhaust us it is going to deteriorate us to a point of losing our health at some point and so it's up to every woman where they're going to draw that line where they hit the wall and they're like i will no longer tolerate this some people it's disrespect. Some people it's, I have a terminal illness. I can't take this anymore. And so we as women have to choose and we need to be empowered to know that it's okay to get out of a situation, to get out of a relationship that is ungodly, that is unhealthy, and that is deteriorating us or our children. Because when we go through this, this passes on to our children and we have to get out to heal that's so true because we're teaching our children what is acceptable and what is not acceptable um you know I, I feel like i went through that a little bit in my own childhood with my parents and what my mom you know accepted and tolerated with uh, her relationship it taught me that what to uh, tolerate in my own and that was not a good a good thing necessarily um but you touched on it earlier when you talked about um them being very attracted to people like nurses mm -hmm. nurses and I'm, I'm telling you i've wanted to i actually want to write a whole book about this um my experience but nurses tend to find themselves with narcissists quite often with um people with addiction um because we we're fixers right we're healers and we want to fix everybody it's like how broken are you um if you're you know no you're not broken enough come back when you're a little bit more broken so i can try to heal you that sort of thing so i think that that's something to be very mindful of as nurses we have to always um be mindful that you know we are attracted for whatever reason to these type of people and they are attracted to us because they know Yes. Oh, that's such a good point because it really is, you know, nurses are caregivers. 
And that's what a narcissist wants is someone that's going to take care of them and give them everything that they want. So yeah, we are, we're prime targets for those people. Yeah, exactly. So I I do try to keep that foremost in my thoughts, but it's so hard as you're trying to recover from a a narcissistic relationship and then moving on with a a newer relationship. I I was married again. Um, It it took me several years, but it took me a long time and I had trust, severe trust issues and I didn't want to get close to anybody. Um, I imagine that that is the same for most people who have dealt with the narcissist and Um, We just shut people out and we don't want to get close to them. What are your what are your tips or advice for for women as far as trying to open themselves back up to these new relationships? Do you feel like there is possible possibility for a happy, healthy, stable relationship after that narcissistic relationship? I I really do. Um, I think, you know, women, you know, part of it is that education component that I mentioned, but we also have to address this with that root cause resolution and work on breaking these generational curses. Cause like what you mentioned, you know, what we have from our parents and then we're passing on to our children, but we're also going to pass on to future relationships. So we have to work on breaking these generational curses, educating ourselves, going through all of those different you know modalities and things that I mentioned earlier. But in addition, you know, there's tapping. So some, some people are okay with EFT tapping, but there's another form that's a bilateral stimulation tapping that I use with my clients. It's a butterfly tapping and so that helps as far as healing your nervous system flash emdr i use that brain spotting so this goes back and to help pull that trauma from the body so that you can heal so it's getting that education taking that time learning to love yourself and healing any part of you that is codependent so that you don't take that into a future relationship and when you do these things and you get the type of healing and therapy in this safe place that you need to rewire these neural pathways, you can experience post-traumatic growth where you actually come out even better. It sort of slingshots you into this better place in life that you have a better understanding of relationships. You're more sensitive to those red flags and you're stronger in your self-agency and who you were created to be. So absolutely, you can experience incredible relationships after that. And can you tell us a little bit about, tell us about the concept of brain spotting? I don't think a lot of people are familiar with that. So what does that entail and how it can be beneficial in healing that trauma? Okay. Yeah. So, and I won't get too, too sciencey in all of it, but really, so sort of the concept is in your memory, you have like these capsules and so that where you store these memories in your mind and you store where this trauma is. Well, when you're doing the brain spotting and you're looking in particular areas, you activate those areas of your memory and so you can help to relieve those and set those free. And so you're basically looking at a spot and we work through it. I use music. Sometimes people are tapping during that time. Sometimes people are talking. Sometimes people aren't talking, but, and I, we do a rating scale. So it's called a SUD scale, subjective unit of distress. And so a client will pick something they want to work on, whether it's a person, whether it's an event, and they will rate, they let themselves feel that. And they rate that from a zero to 10. And then we go through the exercise where I'm helping them to guide their visual field things that they see. I find a spot where they're triggered and I find a spot where they're relaxed and everyone is able to find it. 
And when we work through that with the music and through the tapping, and they're able to express in this safe environment and have this new experience with something that was traumatic, and they're able to put that, to put that in the past instead of, so we're, we're reprogramming how we see these type of things and we're time stamping them into the past. And when you're able to do that, your nervous system is able to heal. So you can remember an event, but it doesn't trigger you the same way that it triggered you before. Wow. So that's kind of a light, you know, not too sciencey explanation. <laughs> Hopefully right. that makes sense. No, absolutely. It does. And I, I'm, I'm so I'm just so glad to hear about all of these different techniques that are available. Uh, so, so many people are, are suffering and don't feel like there's any where to turn or anything that can be done to break these, like, as you said, generational curses. And we really need to step up and um, and make it start making the difference for the future generations, not only for ourselves, but for our children and for future generations. Absolutely. Yeah, we really do. Because when we heal ourselves, we heal future generations. Exactly. And so a lot of times the women that come to me, they have a hard time feeling like they can make this investment, whether, you know, time-wise or financially, because it feels selfish to them. And especially women that have been in narcissistic abuse, we're made to feel selfish for if we ask for anything for ourselves. And so that's part of working through that new way of thinking. But for a lot of women, what helps them to seek the help that they truly need and the support that they need is they're seeing it hurt their children and they might not be willing to do it for themselves, but they'll do it for their children because they don't want their children to suffer from this anymore. Absolutely. Well, America Out Loud talk radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcasts the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcasts, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop, where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including a sea of redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. 
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I've been talking with my fellow RN here, Connie Diffendorfer. She's the founder of Overcomers in Him Life Coaching. Connie, thanks again for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. So much great information uh, that we have for people who have maybe been going through uh, a narcissistic relationship. But you do more than just dealing with uh, trauma and narcissistic abuse. You have other uh, clients that you serve as well. Yes, yeah, I do. So, you know, that's kind of my main niche, but I also work with people that have children that are special needs, people that have adopted. But one of sort of something that I wasn't even expecting when I became a nurse coach is I've had nurses come to me that want to do what I do. And so part of my coaching is sometimes I'm just working with another nurse, helping her to get educated in these areas, helping her to know how to build a business. And so part of even in my curriculum that I have is an entire business plan of how to just start from the beginning and work through so that other nurses can do what I do. And take that control of that schedule and your income and those type of things so that you're not dependent on someone else telling you what you can and can't do. And so a lot of nurses have found that to be very beneficial to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we were kind of talking about that uh, when we went to break. You know, what we do with remnant nursing is we're offering, um, you know, these types of courses for nurses because our main goal and focus with remnant is it's to 
help nurses to understand, to create opportunities for them and help them understand that they are more than just a hospital employee. There is, they can forge their own path forward where we can actually care for uh, patients and care for ourselves. We can get in an environment where we're all able to thrive. Um, so we're going to talk more about that. Would love to have your, uh, you helping uh, our nurses at Remnant and offering some courses with us. So we'll definitely look into that. So everybody stay tuned and hopefully we'll be able to put something amazing together. Um, but now you are able to take on clients and in, in worldwide. Is that correct? Yes, I can coach clients in any of the compact states. I can coach them as a nurse coach, but outside of those states and anywhere around the world, I can coach as a holistic nurse coach or just as a holistic life coach, I'm sorry. And so I can coach anyone around the world. And so everything that I do is online. I've had a few clients that come to my home if they're local, but most everything is done over Zoom. And I do one-on-one -on -one coaching packages and also do group coaching packages. And then I have my self-paced online program that can be purchased and used for life. That's amazing. And so, I mean, you know, just the freedom of being able to, like you said earlier, when we talked about, we don't, we can't rely on uh, em these employers anymore because we don't know, you know, you got, you dodged a bullet in your situation. I actually dodged a bullet in mine. I was ended up being exempted from the mandates, but then would later go on to resign when they wanted me to recommend that um, shot as safe and effective for children, which I absolutely refused to do. So, but, but keeping that in the back of our, you know, like I never want to rely on an employer ever again for the ability to care for myself or my family. You know, that, that's the, the situation that we were all put in when they told us, hey, get this experimental shot or you can't feed your family. And so many people were coerced for that reason. And to me, it just was, it was so eye-opening. It was like, wait, no, we've got to get to a place where where we're able to um, be be self sustainable and not rely on anyone moving forward financially or any of that. So I think that that's um, a, a big part of what I want to create with Remnant as well as just you know getting getting people to understand that they have the ability to be self sustainable. Um, and you do this full time. We said you do a little bit of PR on PRN work, but you're able to support yourself, your family uh, on the income that you're generating through this practice. Yes, and I love what I do. I make my own schedule. You know, I can determine whether I want to work extra, whether I don't, I can wear what I want to, you know, I can spend in the education, but it's all still under, I'm still a nurse, Be, under being a board certified nurse coach, you have a lot of flexibility. And like you said, we need that because so many nurses felt trapped and they got this shot because they felt they didn't have any other option. And it's important for us to know we are in charge of our nursing license we are in charge of what we can do with this we have done the work we have the training we have the education and there are so many options and so for us to be able to have this and to have that independence and to have that freedom and to be able to say no mm -hmm. and still be able to provide for our families and practice in helping people which is why we became nurses to begin with exactly exactly and i'm sure um I, I would you say you're outpacing your nursing salary that you would get at the hospital on and off and so i have that and that's part of the thing for me is there's been times i've made five figures 
yeah. in a month's time. And so absolutely, you can definitely do that. Recently, I have slowed my practice down so that I could work on my book. I recently published my children's book, and I have another book about my life and about narcissistic abuse that's going to be coming out in 2024. And so I've slowed it down a little bit now so that I can work on those. But yes, absolutely, you can work as much as you want to. And that's it. the thing. It's your choice, right? You can right. make, and that's what I always tell nurses about Remnant when they come on with Remnant. I'm like, you can make as much or as little as you know work as much as or as little as you'd like and what how much you earn is dependent upon that um, but it's it's putting that control back um to us you know we were not answering to um to hospital systems and protocols and all of that we're actually just focusing on ourselves and on patient centered care which is i mean that's why we all get into nursing to begin with was to take care of people and i don't know what your situation when you were bedside I worked in the ICU, but I really felt like um, the system, the way that it was designed was starting to dehumanize the patients in, in the bed. I felt like even just from the point of they were um, where they would position the computers when you, even the nurse would go in and do their charting in the room, it's like we always had our back to our patients. And I think that was honestly part of it. I, I started to feel like all of these little things were by design. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And a lot of us questioned did we even want to be a nurse anymore? Why did we do this? It did. We weren't doing what we thought we were going to be. We were, it was more about, you know, all these protocols and all of these documentation things and all, all these rules that we had to follow that had nothing to do with actual patient care. And not that those things aren't important, but the balance and everything just got completely outside of what we went into nursing for. And so in like what I do, I've been able like I said, or five figure income, I made over $10,000 working part time. And when I'm saying working part time, I'm saying less than 20 hours a week. Yeah. And so for a nurse to be able to do that, but still be able to really be right there where our patients, our clients need us, and to really see them heal, and not just be given medication and sent home. But to really walk them through that and to be able to be a part of that while also providing for ourselves and our family without killing ourselves to the point that we're sleep deprived and our health is deteriorating it's a beautiful alternative and still being able to do what we desire as nurses absolutely i mean you really can't beat that like you said you're you're you i mean you have the whole package here because you're able to be that nurse that we've been called upon to be um it's not just about checking boxes anymore we're actually focusing on true patient-centered care um and just what an incredible because they've really broken down the nurse patient relationship has really deteriorated over i would say the past at least decade probably longer than that i always say it's when they ushered in the ehr um is when that really really started to deteriorate and break down that nurse patient relationship um, i think that there are still great nurses in the system but they are just beaten down daily daily to where you know they become resentful of patients patients begin to become distrustful of the nurse and you know it's just it's not the way that it was meant to be so i love that there is this opportunity uh, for us to do something different and to to let patients know that there's another way to healing and it doesn't always um, end with a prescription pad i think a lot of if you remember nursing school 
Um, I, and we, we went to, we didn't go to actual nursing school together, but I'm sure it's the same across the country. Like we had to memorize all of the different um, prescription medications. That was like a big, uh, a big thing. We had to memorize all probably like a hundred different prescription medications and what they were used for and all of that. Um, but never did they talk about maybe very minimally, but nutrition and, and lifestyle changes. And that was what was so depressing to me as an ICU nurse was, was seeing all of these patients that would come in with all of these chronic health conditions on an average of 25 to 30 medications. And we're never talking about addressing these basic lifestyle modifications. Like it did not have to be that way. Right. Right. And as you know, for nurse coaches, and so addressing even that health and wellness part, because we know, like you said, we were made to learn all of this about these medications. And when we're coaching clients, we're not prescribing any medication, but we know what those do. We know other things in life that we can do. So maybe they don't need as much of that medication. And so we can even help and advocate for them. Right? Maybe ask your doctor about this you can do this, you know, maybe that will help. And so just giving them that empowerment and that education so that, you know, even if they're having to go through any type of medical system, they're less dependent on it and they're able to get off of some medications and they're able to heal themselves so that they don't maybe even need them anymore. Yeah, because we have that implicit trust. I think that's the one of the, the reasons that we're in the mess that we are today is that people have that implicit trust of the white coat. They think, well, my doctor wouldn't recommend this if it wasn't good for me. Most of the doctors don't really even do their own research. And it's, again, just a byproduct of this system that is designed to keep them going with productivity. And they're seeing like seven pay, like a, one patient every seven minutes, I think it is now. Um, when would these doctors even well-intentioned physicians have the time to do any independent research. They don't. They just take whatever comes down from the NIH or the CDC or the you know AMA, and they just kind of spew it out. Or you know whatever drug rep came in this week. Oh, they brought lunch here. Try, let's try this new medication. Um, never getting to the root cause of what is wrong with people. And it, to me, it's just so sad. And but they do have that implicit trust. So it is good to have a nurse in place that can ask these questions. I can remember, Connie, that we used to tell patients that were on blood pressure medication to be mindful about eating a grapefruit because mm -hmm. your blood pressure could bottom out. Why? Because grapefruit naturally lowers your blood pressure. Why wouldn't we just have them eat the dang grapefruit? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, and doing what I do and other nurse coaches, we can do that. Mm -hmm. We can help them navigate and see this from all these different perspectives. And, you know, doctors are trained, you know, when it comes to emergency medicine, I mean, you know, if I'm in a car wreck and something terrible's happening, you know, I want to go to the emergency room my, with my children. I want to go there. But for chronic issues and for regular life, it doesn't work. It's continuing to add to this problem. And we can come in and we can fill in that gap. Nice. And especially when we're trauma informed, because a lot of these people that are dealing with diabetes and heart disease, blood pressure issues, you know, cognitive things that are going on, emotional depression, anxiety, these, a lot of times trauma is the root. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, we I can, can deal that. with that trauma. Yeah. They may not even need those medications. And without the medications, they don't have the side effects. 
Exactly. I mean, trauma is, it really does rewire the brain. Um, I, I'm going through that. Like I said, I, my trauma um, happened a little over a year ago now. Um, but I can say that like, I don't feel like my executive functioning is quite where it used to be at all. Like I am searching for work and that could be partially menopause. It could be part, which I like to blame, by the way, everything on menopause. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not very hormonally regulated right now, but I mean, I think that a lot of those things play a role and, um, but it's important any, anywhere that we can make these small improvements and heal, you know, we're going to be able to um, be better for it. Um, but so yeah going back to that about um yeah speaking of menopause i'm like oh what where, where was i going with that <laughs> but yeah it does it rewires the brain so um we really need to focus on healing but these medications that people are on they like i said my average patient in the icu was on 25 to 30 prescription medications and it's like one uh, you know, helps this, but then the other one fixes what the, uh, that last medication caused. And I mean, it's just complete madness. It's absolute right. madness when we could change things like, you know, making simple dietary changes or God forbid, getting out in the fresh air, getting out some sunshine, getting some vitamin D. We're also vitamin D deficient in this country. Um, you know, why are we not talking about that? Why are the doctors and nurses in, the healthcare system not talking about these very simple things that they can do. Right. And, you know, it's what they were trained. It's yeah. what they were trained in and they're following that. And it's so important for us to, to stand in the gap, you know, like mm -hmm. what you're saying. And for people to understand that it is an initial investment to be able to do this. Every, most people are dependent on insurance and they're dependent on medication and these type of things. But when we look at the long-term effects mm -hmm. of being dependent on that system, and like you said, 20, 25 medications and all the side effects of that, and it's costing us time with our children, time in our career, being in pain, not being able to sleep, it is costing us so much more than a copayment or a deductible. Oh God. And, and like insurance to me, and I, I'm trying to educate people on this. It's seriously, it's the biggest Ponzi scheme that ever was. Um, when we think about all of the money that we pay out in co-pays and deductibles and all of this, and if we health is an investment and we're going to pay for it now, or we're going to pay for it later. And many times, you know, we have our health is great until it's not there anymore. And when it's not there, it is oftentimes too late to reverse. Um, so it's, it's so important to make that initial investment early on in our health you know for somebody like me i am um 46 i almost said i was 43 <laughs> i kind of wish but no. i'm 46 <laughs> you know and i'm i'm nurses you know as nurses we're not uh, known to be the healthiest of individuals as a population there have been studies done that have shown we're one of among one of the most unhealthy populations and for many reasons um but it's not too late for me at 46 to start making better choices Right. And we have to take that authority over that. We have to step into that place of agency and self-leadership. And like you said, it's, it is an investment. We have to do that. But just like I have had people come to me about in a narcissistic relationship and they're wanting to find out about the coaching and, but then they're hesitant to invest in that because it's an investment in themselves that they're not used to making. And then 
I've seen it where those that are hesitant to make that investment and they don't, and they try to do it on their own. And then they come back to me later and they said, I wish so bad I had hired you because not hiring you now has cost me $60,000 in legal fees. Exactly. Exactly right. So like you said, we're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. Whether we're going to pay for it now and have our life now or whether we're going to use five, 10, lose five, 10, 20, 30 years of our life and then decide we want to do something about it. I think that a lot of it is manifesting in what we, we've come to know as just chronic illness that we've come to accept in this country. It's just part of part of life, which is sad. It does not need to be this way. But when we think about things like diabetes or, you know, all of these autoimmune conditions, um, I, I'm convinced I have multiple auto, autoimmune conditions and I they all cropped up within six months of my three series hep B when I got into healthcare at age 19. So I am now, and I never thought of, I just never connected those dots. And I'm certain that that is the case for so many people that they're just not thinking about, you know, correlating, getting the vaccine and coming up with some type of a chronic illness because we're also conditioned to feel like this is just a part of life. I'm not saying the vaccines cause everything, certainly diet, our poor standard American diet, um, you know, contributes to this as well and all of the chemicals and pesticides and all of that. So it all plays a role. Um, But to me, I think, and this is why I will never um, recommend another vaccine as long as I live. Um, And and so for you, it was very natural to question this COVID vaccine when it came out. Um, But for me, I was like, I had been, like I said, not militantly, not militantly pro-vaccine, but I always thought that they were helpful because we're that's what we're conditioned to believe. Um, so for me to have have questioned it, for me, I never really thought anything nefarious was going on. I just thought it was a little quick, <laughs> a little quick, and we didn't have the safety data. But come to find out when you start digging deeper, there's really never any safety data on these vaccines. Right, right, and we're gaslit by the medical community and that's why you know like you said people will have this and they'll see these symptoms but when they bring it up they're oh that has nothing to do with the shots it's this or it's this and so we doubt ourselves you know we're being gaslit by the medical community by doctors and by staff when we try to raise questions and concerns about things happening and so when we're learning they're not always completely honest or, or they're just being they're telling us what they've been taught And when we dig a little deeper and we get that information and we think for ourselves and we're able to walk in that education and in that empowerment and stand against that, we also begin to see other things because we're not as easily gaslit by people because we understand that there is a deception out there. Everyone is not being honest. Everyone does not have pure good intentions. Absolutely. And I've seen more and more of that over the last three years. Um, But, you know, and that's the goal is to empower these nurses to recognize this and empower our patients to understand uh, that, you know, there are alternatives out there and there is a better life to be lived. Connie, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. We, We are running out of time, but I mean, I think this was so insightful and I would love to have you back on again. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. I would love to come back on. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. 
Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time